On the Riabu podcast today, we're focusing on what will happen to your SME if there is a second wave of COVID infections around the world. Things have already looked uh, much better in the past couple of weeks than they do at the moment. Some of the latest statistics seem to suggest that a second wave is on the way. Florida recorded 12,000 new infections on the, the weekend just past. Texas, 7,300. Singapore, 257, which sounds like a relatively small number. But when you consider that the recent second quarter GDP numbers came in with such a massive decline, 41% decline quarter on quarter, um, you know, the, the talk locally is that even with just 257 new infections uh, on Sunday, that, um, well, we're going to head for another lockdown and that dreaded second wave. And Simon, there are many other countries around the world too, like Hong Kong, registering 100, you know, the worst COVID crisis. Yes. Australia, New, um, New South Wales, Victoria. Yes, yes, you know. yes. So my friends in Australia are, are tremendously worried. And Korea, um, I'm just writing about the um, Asia Development Bank that was due to have its global annual general meeting in uh, Incheon uh, in about two months. And they've, of course, cancelled that because Korea who got the virus very early, very soon after China, if you recall, and were, were generally praised for stepping up very quickly. It, it bounced back, it went down. All of a sudden, infections are way up in Seoul and elsewhere. Mm. So the W-shaped um, bug seems to be with us, as many people have speculated. Yes. And and so, obviously, in our program today, we're going to talk about what that means for you if you're running a small and medium enterprise. You would have come out of or by October, you would come out of a number of government-supported schemes that would have taken care of your rent or supported you with your salaries. The prospect of a W-shaped COVID situation obviously will then make you wonder, well, am I going to be able to count on more government support? Or what can you do as an SME? That's the critical question. What can you do to make sure that your business survives? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the first thing I, I, I'd like to do is just acknowledge the appalling situation of countries that don't have structured government support, like Indonesia, like Malaysia, like the Philippines, where we know there is genuine economic uh, suffering. Um, and I know a lot of people in Singapore are trying to help those countries. But in Singapore, we live in a country which has been praised for the way that it has dealt with this particular problem, corona, coronavirus. Um, and it, what it's done is not only is it put very strong personal isolation measures in place, but it is also provided regular monthly support for all SMEs based on the payroll of the SME, as well as insisting that landlords aren't allowed to collect overdue rent for the moment. And banks and other lenders are not allowed to take court action to collect money. So in effect, it's pushing monthly commitments like rent and mortgages forward, and it's providing a big chunk of what it costs to keep the com company functioning. The implication of a, of a W-shaped um, uh, virus, and, and by the way, the OECD has been saying almost since the beginning that W is very likely because apparently previous pandemics tend to do that, mm -hmm. um, is that Presumably, government measures will have to continue longer than was originally envisaged, is the first thing one assumes, yeah. Yes, but then, again, that's that raises the question that if you're an SME, are you just going to, you know, is your choice restricted to just waiting for the government to send you more money? Or what other things can you do in order to survive? Well, the first thing is that we know that um, about 20% of companies, based on prior data, uh, find ways to deal with shocks like this 
and they, they pivot to find revenue from other sources. And we already have a number of stories uh, of companies we know in Singapore that have very cleverly been able to find other ways to make money. You know, a rather obvious one would be a medical supplies company that I know that's decided to make masks right. because they can't distribute any of the other stuff. Now, they're not making a whole lot of money, but they're covering their costs. So if you can cover your costs and you're breaking even or thereabouts, then the, the government subsidy will keep you going to a point where you can then recover and get back your old customers. The companies we need to worry about are the ones where there really isn't very much business, there isn't an opportunity to pivot, and they are effectively on life support because they're getting money from the government every month. And we previously speculated at the likelihood that a significant percentage of these companies will throw in the towel the day after the government ceases to provide them with subsidies. Which brings me back to the third attempt at this question. What can, <laughs> what can you do? Okay, so the first step might be, okay, find a different revenue stream. Is that your advice? Well, I think, you know, right back at the beginning, and, and a lot of people wrote to us and said this wasn't very helpful advice. If you don't have a future, then accumulating further liabilities is not really very helpful. So let's be clear. Even if the government's giving you a subsidy, and it might be the easier choice to keep some of your employees in work, and even if you're getting deferrals on rents and other commitments, you're just getting deferrals. Those things have got to be paid. The amount of money you owe is going up. It's not going down. And if you do not envisage being able to come back, your business being able to come back in some significant way, then you're not really solvent. Then you may need to make a hard choice, yeah? And um, the hard choice is to shut shop. It might be, yes. It might be to shut shop, yeah. And I know a number of businesses that have done that. You don't have to go far in Singapore to see business. We Just earlier, we looked at a cafe across the road that's done exactly that. It's looked probably at its outgoings. High level of rent, city centre, big premises, staff, and the fact that there is virtually there's only a trickle of business at the moment. Yes, and, and the coffee's terrible. <laughs> so, um, but okay. So I suppose that's 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 one option. But supposing you think that no, once the government subsidies end, I will be okay. So, so, so our advice is, is has always been, if you are a company, because this is an issue of liquidity. It's an issue of having enough cash to keep going. So the government helps you, to some extent. There are two alternatives. One is you don't have a future, in which case cut your losses. We've talked about that. And the second one is, yeah, we have a future, but it's going to be tight, in which case you need to absolutely focus down on the customers you work with, on opportunities to pivot wherever possible, on opportunities, and this is very important. It's tough, but it's important. You need to triage. That is to say, you need to decide which of your customers are illiquid and are unlikely to be able to pay you and not undertake further liabilities to them. So a, a very simple proxy would be if you're seeing significantly growing payment habits from a bunch of customers, i.e. they're paying you slower and slower and slower and slower and slower, you need to be clear whether those companies are going to survive. Because however attached you are to them, however long you've been doing business with them, if ultimately they're going to go bust, it's good money after bad. So at the end of the day, cut out the ones that have no future. Yeah, You will already have taken out all costs, concentrate on those customers who are viable and work on those relationships. To the extent that those customers are solvent, all of the things that we've talked about on these Reargue podcasts are focused on becoming a priority supplier in terms of the way that you manage the relationship and get paid. So with the customers that you retain, because they have a future, because they're actually solvent, manage that relationship in a new way. Manage it so that you create much more intimacy 
and you ensure that you're first in line to get paid. So it's cut back, eliminate where there's no future, and then massively increase intimacy on what remains of your business. If you do that, you'll survive. Mm -hmm. And intimacy, what practical forms does that take? Well, it, it's, in, it's interesting that you raise that because I think one of the things that we're talking about a lot now is because you can't physically see intimacy is to do with the way that you talk to people, you approach people, you um, and in, increased intimacy right means right from the beginning of the relationship, you establish a rapport based on sh shared levels of professionalism and interest. And by establishing that early in the relationship, you avoid toxic discussions later on. Um, but now we can't physically visit customers. I think there is a whole world of building relationships, not, not sales relationships, which is kind of intuitively obvious, but administrative relationships using Zoom and other tools. So if I'm sending lots of product to a particular company and I'm sending lots of invoices and I want to make sure that everything's been received and those companies, those customers are going to be happy with our invoices and pay them on time, it's better if I can look that person in the eye. And actually, there's an opportunity here because up to now, you and I would have said, well, phone them up. But you don't have to phone them up. You can actually say, I'll, 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 if they're big enough, I'll provide you with a Zoom account. It doesn't cost anything, right? 20, 20 bucks a month. Find out who they are and have a relationship. And they're going to be worried to death as well. So you do everything you can to help them. So mm. increase intimacy. Use the digital world to increase in intimacy because I guarantee you'll differentiate, you'll differentiate you from, other, from your other competitors. Yeah, Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there are many I know, and you probably know this. I mean, I'm 63 years old. I live in a world where lots of people of my age are flatly refusing to have anything to do with the digital world. I've got people, friends all around the world, and I say, oh, well, let's do a Zoom, because I'm doing them all the time. I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not downloading some newfangled world. So <laughs> if you're the one who does it, right, mm. and you get your customers operating in that area so that you're seeing them, you're going to see a tangible result in terms of the relationship you have and the smoothness of the transaction. Yes, better, better even than just calling them, where it would do voice only. Yeah. Interesting. So I guess the, the final question then is, because we've talked about a W shape, you know, a number of the things that we've talked about today, you can actually find in our previous podcasts where we looked at the five things that you can do to survive and prosper, for yeah. example. Look that up in our, in our um, channel here on Spotify, um, iTunes, and Podbean. But being a W shape uh, pandemic, is there something that you would do different the second time around? beyond the things that we already talked about in the, you know, when COVID was first upon us? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, if you've made the right choices at the beginning, then you either would have cut and run early on in the in the V, <laughs> the first V. Right. Um, or because the V, the W is presumably two Vs. Uh, mm. You know, if, you, if you're still struggling and you're still selling to customers, if your DSO is going up and up and up and up, then there's something that you haven't done, right? You haven't cut your losses, you haven't done a proper triage, and you haven't built up intimacy with your key customers. And by the way, not that I want to sound a note of gloom, but the great flu epidemic after the First World War, which was massively damaging to the world, killed 50 million people, I think. It was a lot, yeah. That was two Ws. It came back four times. or well, it came once and came back three more times. So, you know, who's to say it's just going to be a W? Maybe it'll be mm. several Ws. It'll be a centipede. <laughs> I think that was more to do with the speed of travel, because in a, world, right. in a world where people can only get around by ship, it just took a lot longer. You know, now, of course, it's it's moving around the world by airplane. Yes. So. OK. But OK. So bottom line, the, the from from a recurrence perspective, 
is is there something where you'd say, okay, in the in the first V, this is what you do. In the second V, then it's this. And when we get onto the third V, in other words, the triple W, uh, then there's something else entirely. Well, if you're still hanging on, the things we said right at the beginning is, you know, act quickly and 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 don't. And we, the other thing we said is doing nothing is not a strategy. Because one of the things I noticed early on is. I talked to a surprising number of people who said, we're just waiting for things to come back to normal. I mean, I, I know a network <laughs> that purports to advise CFOs, and they said exactly that. I said, why aren't you doing your advisory work via Zoom? Oh, we're just waiting for things to come back to normal. And that was four months ago. Mm. So, you know, don't assume that things, are, if you're still assuming that things are going to come back to normal, uh, no, yes. wrong answer, right? So if you haven't done the things that you should be doing, stripping out the cost, focusing on a small number of suppliers who are prepared to grant you longer credit terms, leavening down your customers so the ones who aren't going to make it don't become an increased risk, um, focusing on customers that are liquid and making sure that you use Zoom and other tools to increase intimacy with those customers. If you're not doing any of that, please do it now. Yes. And uh, <laughs> if you want to know how to do it or we can do anything to help you, please let us know. Yes, service at riabu.com is the email address. And again, I'd encourage you to listen back to some of the other podcasts that we recorded. And we started out with the five things you can do to survive and prosper. It turned out to be 10. And I encourage you strongly to listen to all of them. Uh, and uh, hopefully we can continue to um, have you listening to us as a successful small business owner in the future. Thank you, Simon Littlewood. Thank you, Mark. <laughs>